Welcome everyone to How Winners Win. I am Daniel Blue. I do not have my co-host Keith Spears. He is in Texas. So we're going to do a great show for him. And also we've got a, a really amazing guest here. It's, uh, it's someone I consider a, a mentor, a friend. And you know, what's crazy, Stuman, is I did not want to get you on my show until I hit 100 episodes on the podcast. I'm about a year and a half deep. And we're at like episode 95, 96. Like, fuck, I don't know if I'm going to wait when you come back to Vegas. Like, yeah, Why don't we just hold this one till episode 100? We could do so that. So you got some five fillers, and then we make it right. Yeah. We, I made Hiley wait till episode 69. Right? <laughs> He's like, I'm at 65, and I'm like, no, you're not. You're going to wait till 69 and put me out there. <laughs> we, we can definitely do that. So, uh, Stuman, the, the show, How Winners Win, is just to help people win in their personal life, their financial life, their entrepreneurial life. and winners. A lot of you guys might know Stuman, but one thing Stuman is we've been doing this show for about a year and a half now. We've got a lot of people that are not tied to Apex. So I'm really excited to kind of share, you know, the good word there, but, uh, you know, a little bit about Stuman guys, you know, Stuman owns multiple eight figure companies. Um, he's someone that mentored me about four years ago. He's still my mentor. Actually, Stuman, you were my first mentor. We've been rolling together for a long time, dog. Yeah, man. And it's been really amazing watching your come up. You've got a hell of a story. Um, you own like like I said, a lot of successful companies. You brought a lot of people up. I just got done interviewing Drewby and, and Drewby is just, uh, it's really cool to see his success. So obviously you're successful, but you're taking a lot of people with you. And uh, it's been really, really awesome to see all of that happen. So dude, thanks for coming on the show. You know that you mentioned Drewby. Uh, I think one of the measures of success is that guy makes money that some of our clients dream about making. You know what I mean? Like oftentimes it's like, oh, the boss drives a Lamborghini. Great. You know, this the sales guy driving a broke down piece of crap or whatever. Right. And that's not the case with us. You know, Drewby, like you said, he's somebody who there's people that are wanting his success, you know, and he's literally the the top um, Internet marketing sales rep in existence. Like nobody's got the numbers he has from a sales standpoint under his belt. Nobody. Yeah. So going back, I know that mentality of helping other people and, and having that abundant mindset. I know that wasn't always you. And a lot of that had to do with just your upbringing. I know you went through a lot of shit and we all know where we are today is kind of a product where we were in the past, our childhood and kind of breaking free from some of those habits and whatnot. So kind of talk to us about your upbringing and some of the things that you went through and you saw. Yeah. Well, you know, today, and I don't want to say this from like a, this isn't an arrogance thing, but Today, it, it's my job to represent what winning looks like. I have to be that guy. I can't, I have, I can't lose. I can't do loser shit. Um, even if I wanted to, I can't accept the loss because I have people like you that are dependent on me to be an example of winning. But what so many people don't understand is maybe you're just now finding me. You think that's a very egotistical thing to say, but you don't become a winner without first becoming a loser. Uh, I think the biggest curse you can have in life is to be a born winner. I have so many professional athlete friends that were born winners athletically, and they go on to you know, play for you know, the NBA or the NFL, and then they, they, it's not that they didn't work for it, but they, they were naturally gifted that. But then when that episode of their life is over, that, that was their only win. You know what I mean? And, and, and it's, it's my job to really step in and win. And, and if somebody is a natural born winner, which there aren't many, Right. That's why the NFL is so small. But if someone is a natural born winner to help them 
keep that that next chapter of their life a winning chapter too. But more importantly, most of us didn't start out and aren't natural born winners. I'm not either. I've I was a loser in every sense of the the word. I was adopted. Uh, I've been divorced multiple times. I've been to prison. I mean, all the mistakes that a dumbass can make, I made by the time I was, you know, was either I made or was made for me from age, let's say, 7 to 21, just about every mistake, dropping out of school, getting divorced. I spent most of my 20s in parole, prison, probation, and I say all that because that's all loser shit, right? I was taking losses in every area of my life. But the one thing that so many people, they, they confuse winning with is I had to take those losses to gain experience. I had to go through those hardships to, to know that I do not want that, right? I mean, how many times have we seen the story where there's a 40-year-old guy who was successful his business falls apart. He gets a loan shark loan or meets the wrong people. And now all of a sudden he's having to do illegal shit and cook the books to keep his. I, I already did that shit when I didn't have anything right and learn the lessons from that that allowed me to become uh, a person that wins today. And, you know, a lot of people, you may listen to this and you think, man, that guy just played off a lot of past mistakes like it wasn't nothing. Right. But I mean, clearly it's all out there about me. Anyway, it's not something we hide, but but the truth is they're not past mistakes. They're past stepping stones and learning lessons that made me the wise, experienced individual I am today that can have real conversations with people like like for me, I speak to crowds of people on a regular basis, you know, and I've got to be able to, and I speak to, you know, lots of people uh, on a regular basis. So I got to be able to read people. I got to be able to know what's going on. The situations I was in in prison allowed me to be really good at that and really serve me well in today's thing. But I wouldn't have had those experience and lessons had I not gone through those hardships. So I say all that because the big thing is if you, if you have a rough past, if you've made mistakes, if we all have, And you know the people that judge you about your past mistakes? Those people are hiding the biggest shit. You just don't know what they're hiding because they're hiding it. But the people who judge you for your past and your mistakes are the people who are hiding the biggest shit. You know, they're like the old fart saying, he who smelt it dealt it. You know what I'm saying? I always say, he who points the blame is holding the shame, right? If a motherfucker's talking about how good you are or how bad you are or whatever, they're really harboring that inside. I got a a, a friend that I know. And he calls me, he's like, hey, this dude, you know, that, that, that you're about to do business with, he's, you know, he's got a checkered past, blah, blah, blah. And, and I was like, all the shit that you just said that dude did, you do in real time right now, motherfucker. That's why I've been trying to help you. Like, you blaming him for shit he did 10 years ago. You doing this shit right fucking now, bro. Let's, like, get on with that, you know? But that's how most people are, is, like, they're, they're judging you so that you won't judge them. So re- remember that your past isn't littered with mistakes. Your past was littered with lessons. It, the only way to make them as a mistake is if you didn't learn that fucking lesson. Yeah, from looking at your past, what do you think like the the biggest lesson, the biggest mistake that stands that stands out for you? The biggest mistake that I made uh that I try to keep my kids from making is I did not know my value as a human being. And and had somebody come to me and presented me so like my first opportunity to make any kind of I say nowadays it's a joke, but back when that any kind of real money was drugs, you know, make a couple hundred bucks a week selling, you know, cocaine on the side. And, and, uh, you know, that was like my first hustle. Had somebody come to me and said, hey, we have this network marketing thing and you get pamphlets, business cards, uh, products, totally legal. You can make money. You can go meet people, train them. That would have been something I would have totally been all over with. But instead it was like, how the fuck you get that new Toyota? It's like, oh man, I've been selling Coke. Fuck, I guess I got to get on that train because I need a car. You know what I mean? Like that's how it was in, in my neighborhood. So the biggest mistake is I went for the low hanging fruit. 
because I didn't know, I didn't, I didn't learn, teach myself, have somebody in my life to show me that there were bigger things. Listen, guys, we listen to these rappers talk about, and I say this all the time. We listen to these fucking rappers talking about shit that they never even done. Okay, I've, I've done this shit. I've lived this shit. I've been in prison, all this stuff. We listen to these rappers and movie stars say shit that they've never even done, uh, or they would be where I was, because you just don't talk about shit that you really did. Like, I'm not here telling you the shit that I did that I haven't been convicted of, because that's fucking stupid, right? Like, so first of all, you know that's some acting shit. But second of all, like, you don't go to the nice neighborhood to buy drugs, right? Your drug dealer's typically not showing up in a Lamborghini or a McLaren or a fucking S600 Benz, right? Like, so this whole perception that I had as a kid and a lot of people still have is that drug dealers make all this money, look at Scarface, look at the movies, listen to the rappers and like, none of that's fucking true. You know, nobody's like, hey, yo, let's run to Highland Park real quick and get a dime bag. (laughs) It's not how it fucking works, right? Nobody gets drunk and goes there. They go to the the fucking poor parts of the neighborhood because, and and that's where I grew up, they go to the poor parts of the city because those people aren't educated enough to know that there's so much more fucking opportunity. Drugs isn't even a good business, right? Or, Or stealing or credit card fraud. Those aren't even good business models in the long run, but just like them, nobody was there to teach me. So if I could go back, there was one thing that I, I wish I would still go through all the pain and suffering that I went through because I had to become the man I am to go through that. But I wish I had read books like Think and Grow Rich and How to Be a Millionaire and The Art of the Deal. I wish I had read books like that earlier than my 20s because like my kids, they're 10 years old. They're reading books about you know, Jocko's success books for kids and they see us, they come to our events. So if you were to approach them and be like, Hey, you know, you can make money selling drugs. They're like, bro, you just pulled up in a minivan. Get the fuck out of here. We yeah. making money on the internet over here. Right. It's a whole different mentality. So, but on the flip side, I needed all that to become who I am today. I wouldn't become this wise individual with all this experience if I hadn't gone through all that shit either. But had I hardened my mind even more before I went through it, I'd be even better now. Yeah, man. And here you are today helping thousands of people. You've written, well, I think we were just talking Millions, about this off air. De- definitely. And I was going to say 14 <laughs> books, right? Yep. You just, just wrote. And the thousands I'm talking about is like direct one-on-one coaching, oh, right? Yeah. Like that are paying a lot of money. They're getting a lot of value, but you provide a ton of free shit as well a ton of content that is definitely helping people all over the world millions like there's people in australia that i see commenting you know in the groups and whatnot so the success that you have now let's look back like there's a lot of other people that have come from the same kind of upbringing that you've had that have had some of those you know wasn't your fault with the shit that you talked about having a kid being adopted this this and that like a lot of other people come from that too what made you different from other people that allowed you to have the success that you had today with some of those bad things that really weren't your fault as a kid well i look at them as blessings honestly you know um one of my core values is responsibility and uh, I don't I have the FYE tattooed on my hand here. Uh, it stands for fuck your excuses, as you know. And responsibility, you know, my parents did get divorced and I ended up getting adopted and all this stuff. And uh, I played some sort of role in that. You know what I mean? Whether, whether my fault or not, there's some sort of responsibility. When I went to prison, it was my responsibility. When I decided to drop out of school, it was my responsibility. Even as a young man, I still took that responsibility. And when the cops busted me selling drugs, they offered me to snitch. I didn't. You know, I could have told on anybody and gotten out of going to jail at 19 years old easily. They offered me that. I'm a responsible person. It was my fault, right? Like, my guy Chuck, he's dead. It's the only reason I say his name. My guy Chuck, he, like, he didn't get caught by the cops. I did, right? So why would I snitch on him? 
You know, like that. I'm, I took response. Cops, hey, man, you selling drugs. Yeah, okay, so where do I plead guilty so I could just go do my fucking time? My bad. Just it's a, a, a blessing and a curse because I learned responsibility. But I say that because I survived that adoption. You know, kids made fun of me. It was weird. Didn't really like my stepdad. You know, was abused and shit. Not like sexually abused, but, you know, I have a broken wrist and stuff because long story. Like, dude, dude whacked me quite a few times, you know, and it was very, very rough on me. But also that taught me pain tolerance and discipline. You know what I mean? So it's like some of these things we think, oh, was this, I could sit here and say, oh, was this abused kid? But on the other side, it's like, man, I'm fucking, I got high pain tolerance. You know what I mean? And I'm disciplined as fuck. I got a high pain tolerance. It means I can do crazy shit in the gym that a motherfucker would tap out because they can't take the pain. You know what I mean? Like uh, a lot of people go to the doctor because this or that. And I'm just saying, it's just fucking regular life. I can take the pain and keep moving. You know, like a bad back and shit. We're getting old. You know what yeah. I mean? So, um, but I survived that adoption. I dropped out of school. Everybody said it was going to be the end of the fucking world. You're going to be a loser, which they were kind of right for a little while, right? You're going to be a, a loser. And I, maybe you remember this. You're from a different state than I am. But like when I was about 15, 16 years old, there was a, a commercial on TV where this dude was on, you know, he's underneath the car on the rack and he slides out on the little, you know, dot, what are those things called? You know, talking about yeah, mechanics yeah. are on and he slides out and he's working on the car and he's like, you know, here I am stuck being a mechanic the rest of my life. You know, I should have never dropped out of school. I thought that I could get a job, and now I have to work on cars forever. And as a kid, I'm like, oh, man, that must suck. Now I'm like, fuck, mechanics are paid, bro. They were misinforming us. Like, mechanics are minimum 150 grand a year job nowadays. You know what I mean? Like, and if you can work on, like, Porsches or something, that might be a quarter million dollar a year. But they had just believing this dude was going to be this loser because he left school. Like, you're a mechanic. It's a yeah. good job. Anyway, so everybody, same thing. You're going to, it's going to be the end of the world, but... It wasn't. I ended up getting a job at the car wash and ended up making more money than the teachers were making because of sales. One one winter, Thanksgiving season, I took a side job in the nighttime raising money for a charity that gave away free turkeys to homeless people but or to uh, struggling families. But we got paid like 15 bucks for every, every $100 that we raised or something like that, right? Dude, I made a whole shitload of money, you know, helping families and raising turkeys for them and shit, like just calling people out of the phone book, right? So, so... I made money doing things that my teachers couldn't do, right? That they, I see, you know, teacher back then was making 30 grand a year. I'm making 50. So I'm like, I'm already ahead of them. Then I get the, the, the drug thing going. So I'm like, oh man, now I'm making 60, 70 grand a year, you know? And then I go to jail. Fuck. All right. They're right. The, the GD, the adoption. I am a loser. Fuck. Okay. So that's my fate. That's who I am. All right. So when I get out, I'm going to be the best loser that there is. I'm going to go get the job at the car wash back because those guys like me and they hire felons. And I'm just going to be the best car wash guy. I have job security and fuck all this money shit. I'll just be happy. And see, Daniel, that's where the world, the force of average, I call it, that's where it gets most people. You take some kind of painful hit. For me, it was prison. You take some kind of painful hit and you go, okay, I'm not chasing greatness anymore. Uh, I'm not trying to make more money. I'm not trying to have a better body. I'm not trying to have better relationships. Okay, you slap me on my wrist. It fucking hurts. Or you spank me on my ass. It fucking hurts. Punch me in my face. And and I don't want that anymore. So I'll just, be, just, just okay, I'll be good and blend into the woodwork and be average. And that was, that was my plan. I get out of prison, go work the car wash, and I'll make 50, 60 grand a year, and I'll just be... A, an average person, right? I'm, I'm okay with that as long as I'm not back in prison because that place was fucked up, you know? I, I, somebody asked me yesterday, said, what was a big turning point for you in your life when, you know, it made you decide that you had to really get your shit together? 
And it was like my first weekend that I had my grandma visit me in prison. I'd been in for about seven months on a two-year stint. And she had put $100 on my books, right? And I ain't had no money the whole fucking time. I've been eating. I smell like shit. Just been eating the government food. You know what I mean? little prison hack. If you smell like shit, nobody won't make love to you. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying. You know what I mean? If you stink, they're not going to be attracted to that shit, right? I'm just saying. A little prison hack in case you get in trouble. Anyway, I'm that poor, right? I get this money and I go to commissary and I buy like soap and deodorant and shampoo and razors and some ramen noodles and, you know, all the luxuries that you get inside the prison. Right. And there's these two big black dudes at the fucking end of the hallway, man. I'm like a 120 pound white guy, obviously, at this time. Like I look like a golf tee with a fucking ball sitting on it. I'm so skinny. Right. And I mean, this is a lose lose situation. Right, they're coming from my commissary. It's theirs officially. There's like even if I fight these guys, I don't. They're gonna like. There's no chance in hell that this is my commissary. It's over with. There's nothing the guards are gonna do or anything, and they just waiting for a punk like me to walk by. And what I mean by a punk like me is somebody that these are six foot two professional athlete size motherfuckers, and here I am like a kid, a nineteen year old, twenty year old kid rolling by there. And uh, there's a phrase that Beto one said, uh, you know, bust a 60. And that meant that you would go and spend $60 at the store. That was the max that you could go spend. And it was like way of saying, that's, that's my money. Go bust a 60 for me. Like, fuck. You know what I mean? And again, I'm not in no gangs. And so I'm just a solo dude. I ain't got no Nazi signs on me. Nobody to protect me. Nothing. So I've got to deal with everything that could go wrong in there on my own. Right. You know, because I'm like two years and I'm not a racist and I'm not getting that shit on me anyway. And I don't want to fuck with those weirdos on either side, the Crips, Bloods, the any of the gangbangers, right? The, but especially the fucking Aryan motherfuckers. So I'm on my own. Everybody's watching. And these dudes like, bust the 60. There's nothing I can do. But if you don't fight them, then everybody knows you're not a fighter. And if you do fight them, they're going to fuck me up, which is what happened. And uh, they were actually pretty nice to me. You know, they were like, oh, okay, I see what's up, motherfucker. And then, you know. Really probably hit me three times. This is about all it took, man. Like, please don't kill me. You know what I mean? But everybody saw that, hey, man, you know, little fucking skinny ass dudes. But was that moment with the fucking black eye and fucking bloodied ass nose and shit for the next few days uh, walking around there and, you know, everybody, holy fuck. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was that moment where, like, this is a low, like, I haven't been to some low shit in my life. Like, this is a fucking low point in my life where I'm literally helpless. The guards can't help me. I don't got a gun. I can't stay. If I stab this motherfucker, I'm going to do a life sentence in here, and then I'll be stuck with these. They're like, this is like a, talk about fucking helpless. And so it was that moment. I'm not a, I wasn't a God religion wasn't going to pray in jail because I watched these motherfuckers praying for parole, and I thought that was very hypocritical, you know? I, th I went, you know what, Ryan? I'll make a promise to myself. When I get out of here, I'll never, ever, ever, ever do anything in the dark that I wouldn't want done in the light. Meaning if I wouldn't do it in front of the preachers, the presidents, the politicians, and the police, I'm not going to do it. And uh, just allowed me, at the time, what I was saying is I wanted to live a life of integrity, but I didn't know what that word meant and shit at that time. But when I get out of here, I, this is so so out of my element that I want to be an integrity person. So I get out and I become this car wash person and good. And I have a saying it's hard work can go unnoticed, but eventually it can't be ignored. And a customer saw my hard work at that car wash and said, Hey, I want to give you a job in the mortgage business. And I was 22 years old, 23 years old. I'd been the manager of the car wash for about a year and a half at this point. 
And I don't even know what a mortgage is. Never heard that word in my life at this point, right? Like never in the hood, we don't have mortgages. We got rent. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so I never heard that word in my life. And she's like, you know, like a home loan. And I was like, oh, I don't even have a credit card, lady. She's like, I'll teach you. Anyway, the next year, I ended up making almost a million dollars. You know, like life changed because I applied all that hard work from prison, all that hard work from the car wash into the mortgage business and ran circles around these bankers. But as you know, weird chain of events led to me going back to prison for some weird shit that I didn't even do that's not even illegal anymore. Um, but I had got it once. So I had survived the GED thing and made a million bucks. Fuck, well, they were wrong about that. Survived the adoption thing. I survived the prison thing and then became a millionaire. But then I got to go back to prison. Fuck. But I knew that I got it before. And if you could do something once, it just requires more work to do it again. Maybe a little bit harder to do it the second time. Maybe easier. I don't know. We're about to find out. So that's what I did. Went right back into the mortgage business. And sure enough, it was a recession. It was the end of the world. And fuck, here I am prospering. All right. Everybody was quitting. Less competition for me. And I thrived. And, you know, after you do that a couple of times, first of all, it silences the people that ever doubted you. Well, that's the third time he's become a millionaire despite these setbacks. I guess we should stop betting against this motherfucker, right? Uh, and then it becomes like, hey, we're proud of you. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, man, we knew you could do it. No, you didn't, motherfucker. You doubted me every minute of the way. But I tell people all the time that you have to... It's okay for them, them haters to fuel you. You know, when I went to prison the second time, all my friends were like, he, he, said, he, he said he went in there for guns. My friends, in air quotes. He said he went in there for guns, but you know he made all that money. You know it was stolen money that he really went for. Back then, the internet wasn't a thing where you could just look shit up, so they just gossiped, you know what I mean? And uh, really hurt because, like, you guys didn't believe. I did it the right way, and you didn't believe in me. Now I'm a victim, and you don't believe in me, man. It's like, fuck, I felt just as helpless as fighting those two big-ass dudes. In, in prison because nobody was standing up for me, you know? So when I got out, my fuel was to prove all these motherfuckers. Y'all had two years I went back to prison. I'm going to fucking get it again, and you guys are still fucking losers over here. But there becomes a point where you're so far ahead of those people who doubted you that you just feel bad for them. You're not mad anymore. And that's when I had to refuel. You know, it's like that fuel got me so far. Like, you can go put uh, 110 octane in a car if that's a thing, and It'll go fast for a while, but if you keep putting that in it, eventually it'll blow the engine. You know, you're going to have to eventually slow the shit back down to a normal amount of octane and refuel it. And that's what I had to do. And so I refueled with a mission. So I went from fuel of proving everybody wrong, that they were wrong about me, to the fuel of how about I just inspire more people to do what that maybe have been a fraction of where I've been to do what I've done. So I'm not that smart, right? Uh, I'm not dumb, but I'm not that smart. I don't work that hard. I work pretty fucking hard, but I'm sure I'm not David Goggins. There's people out there working harder than me. You know, I'm not the most creative person. There's people out there way. Cre so I'm not necessarily the most of anything other than the most willing to fucking go out there and make it happen. And, and that fuel is what trade me. Hey, if I could just help as many people as possible, become the most elite and greatest version of themselves. That's what's going to carry me to the next level. And for the last six years, that's, that's been my whole, you know, even when I have to get on motherfuckers, is this going to make them better, right? They, they're going to hate me for what I'm about to fucking say to them, but is this going to make them better if they take this? You know what I mean? Because I'm not always the most, hey, guys, here's what I need you to understand. Like, it's not fucking me. I'm just 
a real person, you know, and, and just cause I may not say it in the tone that you would appreciate hearing it from doesn't mean that you didn't need to hear it kind of a thing, but that feels really been what's, what's carried me today. But every time I'm having a bad day or, you know, this week, just being real, you know, this week, bank of America canceled all my fucking accounts, all my credit cards, millions of dollars and fucking, uh, deposits in the account just randomly out of nowhere. Bank of America is like, fuck you, get your money out of our bank. And by the way, when they do this, they freeze all of your shit and then they mail you a check and hope you get the check. You can't go to the branch and get it. And bro, we're not talking $5 insufficient fund or $5 to, we're talking millions of fucking dollars and payroll. You know, I, I'm, you know, I had to convince the bank to unfreeze the account for payroll I almost had to borrow money from my homie Bobby to cover payroll. Like, and, and I'm a multimillionaire with cash, you know, like and and Bank of America just put me at their mercy. I don't even know what the fuck happened there. You know, the, the Kanye West beat, you know, and I, and I don't even say weird shit on the Internet. So I don't fucking know, you know. But anyway, like that, that stress and it's tax week. Right. So the, the bank froze my fucking account the week I'm supposed to pay fucking taxes. I had to file an abatement for fucking taxes. Did I have the fucking money to pay? More than the fucking money to pay. But it's not a small amount of taxes, as you can imagine. You know, it's seven figures worth of fucking taxes. They got multiple seven figures fucking floating around in the goddamn mail somewhere. It's a very fucking stressful situation, right? Luckily, that's not the only bank I got money at, and I'm fucking smart, and I got money in millions in other places, too. Thank God I'm successful enough to fucking do that. But, like, I'm telling you, going through that shit, you go to Bank of America, the teller is not in control of that, so I can't yell at the sweet lady behind the counter. Listen, bitch, where's my money? She, I know a lot of people do that, but like she don't have it, right? And then her supervisor don't fucking know either, and I'm not going to get to the CEO, and he didn't make that decision, so I don't know who the little motherfucker that did this shit to me is, and I'll never figure out who the fuck it is because they all play the I don't know game. But the, that, that kind of shit drives me crazy, but no matter how mad I was going through this three days ago, and, and th- you know, and still worried where the fuck that check is, right? Because they like give you, a, oh, show up in 14 days. Guys, I'm moving buildings in 14 days. I won't be in the same office. Oh, shit. Like, holy fuck. I move at October 31st. It is the fucking 21st right now. 10 days I'm not in the building anymore, which means that they could fucking forward the fucking mail to God, God knows how long it could take this fucking money to show up somewhere. This is worse than that time this year. This fucking year, this has been a weird year, that Voyager froze a half a million of my dollars. Cash money, not crypto. Like, I got it back finally. But anyway, but when I go in through these fucking stressful shit that I'm going through, I just remind, at least I'm not fighting fucking those two dudes at the end of the fucking deal over $60 worth of ramen noodles, right? These are truly first world problems that I need to be grateful for because uh, it could be a lot worse and a lot of people in my situation would it, it, going through what i'm through a storm cause fights and you know get all over social media with one star reviews and rallying the fucking troops and everything else like even andy forsella was telling this story but i asked not to mention my name you know because i just don't need this the first time i publicly talked about this because you know i'm out of bank of america now so it's like fucking there's nothing they can do to me at this point but but Going through this, I just I'm still grateful for the opportunities, uh, 
But had I not been through those low points like that, this is the shit that breaks entrepreneurs. This this moment that I'm going through right now in real time is the shit that makes motherfuckers give up and quit and disappear and breaks them. But had I not fought those two guys, had I not fought my stepdad, had I not survived all this other shit, I wouldn't be built to fucking go through what I'm going through right now. You know? Yeah. Do you think that's part of your success right now is that mindset of, hey, I've lost it all before. So if I lose it again, I can make it work again. Or, Hey, what I'm going through right now is tough as, is, is really ta- tough. It's really hard, but it's not like what it was before. Like, do you, do you feel like that's a big part of your, your recipe for success? Well, the only way that I could lose it all. See, I lost it before because two reasons. I didn't know the rules to the game and I wasn't being in integrity as much as I could be. Right. So I'm an extremist. So when I say integrity, everybody says it, but like everybody's like, oh yeah, I got integrity. And then we put you in a room with some hundred dollar bills and one of them comes missing because nobody's in there and there's no camera. You know what I mean? And nobody will know about it. That's just your integrity. For me, I say that because I'm, I'm very strenuous about it, but the only way that I could lose it is if I broke my integrity. The only way somebody like you is going to leave me it's not because I'm not going to know. I'm always going to know the cutting edge information it, because I broke my word. I, I did something unethical. I, I said something that was, you know, bad publicity or whatever. You know what I mean? And that's not going to happen because I, I know I've done the dumb shit already, you know. So I don't worry about if I lost it. But let's say we get fucking nuked, right? Apparently, that's a goddamn possibility these days, you know. And I was telling the guys last night, it's like, you know, say we end up this fucking, we end up getting nuked or some shit. And I don't know. I read this book that talks about what to do in the event that that happens and you're a survivor. It's a little fucking little is an understatement. It's very scary, you know, and uh, I look at it as we put our network together like Apex. These people, you know, will also be the folks that we can lean on to, hey, you got land or you got a car that still works or whatever the case may be. Do you have gasoline? And, and so... If I had to start over that way, still, I know how to organize the community. You know, I, in my mind, like in the event that some fucking war torn shit happens, I'd be me and my neighbor, Justin, will be running my whole goddamn block. You know what I mean? Like they'll, they, we'll all fucking make shit work. Like your, your refrigerator is my refrigerator. Now we, we're going to get in this together, but mine's yours too. I'm just saying, right? Like, like that's just how it is. So I don't think I'll ever lose it. I lost it before because I wasn't being an integrity in my character. Now I'll never not be that. Um, but when 2020 happened, you know, and, and they shut down our state for a short period of time, uh, I walked in and told my employees, like, no matter what, I'll sell cars, houses, flip houses. I know how to go get uh, real estate deals. I know how to go sell roofs. I know I know how to do so many businesses that we're not going to miss a paycheck, you know. Um, but yes, now I'm that confident that it's that starting all over for me would mean starting a new business on top of what we already got going at this point, you know. But yes, you couldn't. That's basically what I'm saying is I don't even feel like you could take it away from me at this point because I've I've lost it and got it back so many times. I know that I know this sounds very arrogant, but it isn't as hard as you think it is, or at least it isn't for me, because so many average motherfuckers lose it and they never want to go get it again. They're that Ryan that says, I'll just go work at the car wash. Right. A lot of people get in that trap and never get blessed with somebody that allows them to break that mold because they're not working as hard as they could in that average ass job for someone that could take them to the next level. That's above average to notice and give them that opportunity. Like I was. Yeah, bro. And you are the definition of the American dream. Like you didn't come from money. You don't have, that's what I really respected about you and related to you. Cause I'm a college dropout. I don't have any formal education. I'm in the financial space. So like I'm different from that fidelity financial advisor. Right. So like I'm cut from a different cloth. So when I see you, I'm like, 
I can relate to this guy. So you there's know, more of us, bro, than there is those guys. There's more us than there is Thaddeus's. You know what I mean? And, and but you don't think that way, yeah, right? You it know. takes. And you coming, think they're better than you for some oh, reason? Oh, for sure. Like I definitely had that limited belief. And we're about to pay their college debt for them. <laughs> <laughs> sure, we do a whole podcast just on that. <laughs> the one thing I liked about when I first started talking with you, and I know it's it truly has helped millions of people, is the whole force of average concept. And you have a great way of just taking complex shit and then making it simple where people can be like aha i get it yeah right? so can you kind of share with us the whole kind of force of ad- average concept yeah i think uh, that's my biggest gift daniel is is taking complicated shit and making it simple so let me just i know this again to sound very okay whatever stupid but let me show you how the world works right the true secret to fucking life right like everybody says there's no secret to life it's it's right there in front of your face the whole time but when I tell it to you, you're going to, two things are going to happen when I tell you this story. You're going to either A, go, fuck, that's for me, I'm on it. Or B, you're going to go, it can't be that easy. You people that fall into category B, you better get to category A quick. If not, your life will never change. Uh, it's not some profound Pythagorean theorem fucking shit that you need to change your life. Life changes from simple shifts. So let me explain. So let's take your religious hat off for a second. Like church, Muslim, Jewish, doesn't matter. Forget all that just for a second. I'm not asking you to leave your religion. I'm just asking you to leave maybe what you've been preconceived to understand about this world behind. Um, let's say that this world is a computer simulation, right? And, and not that we're necessarily in a computer, but there's no better way to explain it to you to understand it than to put it in those terms. So we're in this computer simulation. And if you think about it, outer space is black. And this world, Earth, is just the only blue floating thing in the outer space. But if you've ever been to like a place like a hedge fund that does uh, a big servers or an office space or Google, you've seen videos of Google, all those servers are big black servers with little blue dots in the middle of them, right? It's like kind of weird how that kind of models that if you really think about it. But so inside each of those servers, whether it's artificial intelligence, data, or whatever, there's an algorithm that runs all of that. If you use Facebook, uh, there's an algorithm that decides what's in your news feed. If you use Google, there's an algorithm that decides what shows up on your search results. Well, an algorithm runs ever computer simulated. There has to be video games, everything. All, to, all of that has to have some sort of algorithm. The algorithm on Earth is something called the force of average. See, when they wrote the algorithm for Facebook, it was called Edge Rank originally. And uh, if you've ever watched the movie, The Social Network, uh, Eduardo draws this like fancy looking E up on the window and then this equation and that became edge rank um, when they built Facebook and Facebook. If you think about it, the way that it's built and especially going into meta is a lot like Earth, like another dimension of how we roll here on Earth. So getting deep on you, but just hear me out. So the force of average is the algorithm that runs this planet. And what that means is that if you are an average person, you can have a content and happy life in, in not just America, in the world, this whole planet. Uh, if you're below average, let's say that you're homeless, right? You're a drug addict, you're homeless, you got nowhere to live, man. You know, people like Nancy Pelosi will put you up in a nice hotel in San Francisco. They'll give you free money. You stand on the street corner with a sign. People will drop off dollar bills. The force of average will naturally try to lift you up to average, right? Uh, if you're on drugs, they'll say, hey, man, you need to kick the drugs, man. You need to you need to go live a happy average life, right? It'll lift you up. If you're average, it does everything it can to keep you there, right? You start to fall below average and slip. All of a sudden, you win, the, you win a lotto ticket. Now you can pay your bills or unexpected money comes from an insurance and now you 
can pay your bills and go back to your average life. You lose your job, you find another average job. You, you continue in your content life. But the moment that you step up a little bit, you start making a little bit extra money. Maybe you find a, a woman or a man that's a little bit out of your league and you're leveling up. And then you find a woman or man that's out of your league and then you fuck their fat, ugly friend, right? <laughs> You, you start to make a little bit of money and then you catch a drug habit and it takes the money out from under. You start to catch a little money and you get egotistical and now you're divorced and half your money's fucking gone. It's about ringing a bell with people. You see how the force of average, like if, you, if you're an under average person, it'll help you out. It'll lift you up. If it's average, it'll keep you there. But if you're trying to chase greatness, which is anything in the pursuit above average, in my opinion, is greatness. If you're trying to ch check and chase greatness, it will push you back down. I made a million dollars in 2005. Next year, I'm sitting in prison. I married the woman of my dreams that I've been chasing since I was 17 years old. Five years later, we're divorced, and now I pay her child support for the last 11 years. You know, uh, now I'm married to the woman of my dreams. I didn't even know I could dream this big, but I'm just saying these are the things that I, I, I've been through in my life. You know, uh, I get adopted and then I get beat. <laughs> you know, I get I get out of school and get a job and I go to prison. Right. I get out, like this, this roller coaster of life. If you're in a maybe your shit's not as up and down as mine. Maybe you're a salesman in one month. You have a record breaking month and then you fucking starve for two months and you have a, another good month and then you fucking starve for three months. You're just tired of that. Cycle. That's, that's the force of average in every sense of it. So how do you beat it? That's what I want to know. I wanted to know, okay, so if, if I'm poor and homeless, it'll lift me up. Cool. I'll never be that. If I'm average, it'll keep me happy. I'm not going to be that. So I have to understand that I'm going to go through fucking pain to be great. If I'm going to be great in the gym, it's going to be painful on my body. If I'm going to be great in finances, it's going to be painful like that story I just fucking told you. If I'm going to be great in my relationships, it's going to be painful because your wife, your spouse, your husband, they're the person that's the most honest with you and the shit that they say is the most realest shit that you'll ever hear and you're going to have to learn mentally how to fucking deal with that shit. If I'm going to be great, it's going to be painful and I understand that. But I want to be great and I'm willing to endure that pain. But I got to figure out how to, this secret of life, I'm talking about how to beat the force of average in its own game. So the force of average, if we're going to war against something, because that's what we're at, war, every day with average. And the force of average, it's an old soul when it comes to fighting battles. It don't die. It's been around since the beginning of this earth. From a young age, you know, we're told we can't focus. We can't sit still in school. We're, we're dyslexic. We're not a good reader. We're not a good student. All this shit that they, like teachers are there to teach us and lift us up. And all they do is critique us and fuck us up. Public school, private school, I've seen it all. Every person that's not cheering you on to make you better is an agent of average in your life. Every person that's not pushing you, I got a, a personal trainer. He's pushing me to have an above average body for a 43-year-old. Anybody that's telling me to take the day off and that I don't have to go to the gym that often is my fucking enemy. They are agents of average. And so many people don't draw that hard line in the sand like I do, but that's the secret of life. Separate yourself from the agents of average and understand that the force of average has one weapon and one weapon only, and that's distraction. It's there to distract you. I made a bunch of money. It distracted me. And it distracted me with jail, right? I get, I get this married, finally, have a kid with, with somebody, distracted me with work, right? I'll never fall for that shit again. I'll never fall for that shit again because if we know that the enemy, the force of average, has a weapon, distraction, with millions of years of practice, what do we have as, as, as humans that it could be a superpower that we could use a weapon against that? The secret to life is our superpowers called focus. But I'm not talking about 2020 vision. 
I'm not talking about shit like that. I'm talking about focus, having a vision and applying the action to make that vision a reality, which means doing the work. And so when you're chasing greatness and you're fighting the force of average, what do you focus on? A lot of people have goals. They want to make a million dollars in a year. That's bullshit. You'll never do it because you give yourself a year to make a million dollars. You know what I mean? You might as well give yourself 10 years because you're not going to fucking do it. Instead, you have daily, actionable, accountable steps that you hold yourself to that you focus on winning and every single day. And I'm giving you guys the game to beat the force of average. It's called the G-code, the code to greatness. It consists of four simple things. A grateful mindset, because gratitude is the precursor to abundance. If you're not grateful for what you have right now, you're not going to be grateful for what's next. So until you get grateful for your, wherever you're at, you could be in prison right now. If I hadn't been grateful to be in prison, then I wouldn't be grateful to be here in Vegas today. Second thing is your genetics, man. If you can control your mind, then you can control your body. If you can control and discipline your mind, you can control and discipline your body. If you control and discipline your body, you can control and discipline your finances because mind plus body means work plus thinking, which is what actually takes to make money in this world. So many people are good thinkers. They don't take action. They don't make money. So many people are good action takers, but they don't think about it that much. They don't make money. You got the right mindset. You've built your body together to be able to take action. You'll make money. And the fourth and final part of the G-code, that's your that's your grind the business side the fourth and final part of the g-code that you focus on winning and every single day is group of people that you spend your time with every week's date night with me and my wife that'll be tonight here in vegas uh every weekend it's something with me and my kids every day i'm imparting into one of my employees my friends someone in my family my circle just like doing this podcast today daniel you'll go down on my list of people that that i focused on today right but if i focus on having a grateful mindset the genetics in my body the grind that i go and put for my job every day and the group of people that i spend and i track those like if i want to make a million dollars today then my grind win for the day is that i made three thousand dollars Right. And so I look at it. If I didn't make $3,000 today, I know I'm not gonna make a million this year. So I got to hold myself accountable to be a better person every day. And maybe right now I make $1,000 today and I'm off from 3000 and maybe tomorrow I make 2000, but every day I'm just trying to get 1% better. And at the end of the year, I'm 365% better than I was. And I'm focused. And it's a force of average cannot distract me if I know what to focus on. And if I know to focus on those four things every single day, then I can sleep good at night because I exhausted my body. I worked my mind, right? I did what I could in my business and I spent time with the right people. And that my friends is the secret and the key to life. And if you want to track that, we actually made a little, uh, a free website that you can track your score. It's like an online journal or diary that keeps score for your G code. You can go to gcodechallenge.com. You can read all about it. It's free. We don't have anything to sell you. It's truly just my gift as a person that's been successful and, and living a true American rags to riches story. It's just my gift back to the public. So you can go to gcodechallenge.com and, uh, uh, we just redid the Force of Average video. You know, that thing's five years old. That's crazy. So Kate and I just redid it. So we'll be having a new one. Uh, but if you want to watch a more detailed explanation of that, you can go to forceofaverage.com. And we'll put that in the show notes, guys. And the G-Code changed my life. Like, if you remember, Ryan, when I first started working with you, like, I was just newbie as fuck. And the next thing you know, I went through a really, really tough lawsuit. You know, I spent 300 grand in courts, you know, fighting my, my ex-business partner. And just going through that, one thing that I always remembered about what you taught me was just on the other side of, of your pain is is the success, right? On the other side of the struggle yep. is the success. And like that shit never hit me that way until I started living through it. So 
I think the problem with most people is like they just stop after the pain, right? Because I, I know if it wasn't for Apex and you and the community, it'd be hard for me to say where I am today, where it's like I still have a business, we're still growing. I've got, you know, a lot to be grateful for. I'm married to someone that, you know, I've been with her for 10 years and there's been some stroke. Bro, married a cheerleader too, a professional <sighs> cheerleader. Dude, she, I'm just she, saying. She married up, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but no, man, it's been, uh, you know, you've been a big part of, of my life. So, you know what you guys I'm say all this because you know what Stuman is saying is just so so true and uh you know definitely take advantage of what he's talking about because he's just giving you the game for free and the G code how did you come up with that well you know um last night Kevin Nations was with us and he was one of my first mentors and uh when I got with him years ago let's say 2013 he calls it and he he didn't make this up either this has been around since the dawn of time he called it the four f's faith family fitness and finance um when i sold ford trucks for about six months uh they called it ford family occupation recreation and dream that's how you prospect somebody right talk about their family and what they did for a living what their dreams are and what they do for fun right that's how you started a conversation and then kevin a couple years later i meet him and he's like the four f's and and it got me to think and it's like okay, I need to create something that's catchy and brandable around this. This is a timeless principle, Ford, four Fs. It's the same shit from, you know, Carnegie, Napoleon Hill. It all comes from the Bible in all reality. That's what, it all comes from the Holy Bible, right? And, uh, but it's just been, so I thought I need a way to brand it. Something that, you know, the faith, family, fitness, and fine. I love Kevin, man. Like I say, he was with me last night. Um, But he's like the chillionaire that fits his, you know, his persona. I need something that's a little bit more hood, it made a little bit more sense, you know, and in uh, the G code, obviously, if you, you grew up with rap in the 90s and shit with Dr. Dre and them, it was the code of being a gangster. I think I've lived that pretty good. I didn't snitch on nobody. I must have been the only person in federal prison with a clean jacket for telling on people. I'm serious. Like everybody snitches on each other, everybody. I didn't know that. Had I got that disclaimer, disclaimer that that was OK, I might have done it. I didn't know. But so I went in, stick to the G code. But I realized I'd been sticking to the wrong G code. And that it was better to be like the code to greatness. And like our logo for the G code is like brackets, like you code a, a, a computer, you know, like you code HTML in with the letter G in there because it truly is that life hack. It's the code to greatness on this planet. So being the good marketer that I am like, okay, G code, that works well. So I need to figure out faith, family, fitness, finance. So I just need to fill these blocks in. And then I'm like, but I'm going to take it to the next level. I don't want just people to say it like they do for Kevin stuff or for, you know, these other folks. That there's a lot of people that have something similar. I want to be able to like where we can keep score, right? Where we can we can look and say like, okay, what's your G code score? Say so you say you live by the G code, huh? Huh, cuz you say you live by the G code. Well, what's your G score? So I can look. Mine's thirty nine eighty six. That's thirty. That's four points a day is the max you can get, and I have almost four thousand points. Uh, I've been on this program for three years, eleven hundred and ninety one days. Yeah. Uh, and I'm on a, I have not missed a day in 583 days. You think you probably missed a day when you broke your neck. That's exactly 583 <laughs> days ago. Damn. Yeah. I missed about two weeks because I was like literally out, but that was about 600 days ago. Yeah. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. How did you, uh, after you broke your neck, man, what was, what was that like real quick? Uh, I'd never been scared of anything in my whole life till after that. You know, like I was a fearless, you know, in your twenties, you like fucking, you know, you climb mountains with no rope and shit. Yeah. You know, it was like, I was that until that happened. I was like, oh fuck, I could actually die. I got a, a lot of fucking people in this room listening to this in my house that depend on me. Like, oh man, I got to be more careful. It really, man, I ain't going to lie. 
I was scared of flying for fucking until probably the last three months. You know, after that incident, I just had to knuckle the fuck up and face my fucking worst fear every time. You know, I've been in one helicopter in my life. It was that care flight. Um, but man, here's a great example. I'm going to try to say this without getting you kicked off of YouTube. Um, <laughs> you don't always believe the medical professionals. And what I mean by that is we saw them say a bunch of whack shit in the last couple of years. We'll leave it at that anyway. But how many stories have you heard where the doctor said you, you will never be able to do this again, or you have a 90% chance of dying, or, you know, if you don't do this, well, man, they're fucking humans. They believe in masks and shit. You know what I mean? They, they're, they're just, you, C's get degrees. Fucking remember that, right? A, a D student is a doctor as well. Okay. I'm just putting that out there. And, and they told me I wasn't going to be able to walk again, but I don't believe other people just because you went to school or you think you know some shit. I know me. So when I woke up and they said that, hey, you're not going to be able to walk. I was like, I'm going to walk the fuck out of here whenever you guys let me go. Uh, no, sir, that's a, impossible. You've broken your neck in two places. We did an MRI, blah, blah, blah. I was like, I'm not exactly sure how I got here, but I'm walking the fuck out of here when my wife, who I'm sure is on her way down here to get me, right? Because I was with my lawyer when it happened, so I knew the first call was him to her, you know, and I just knew that she was on her way, which she was. Um, and... I did walk out of the hospital and I went to go see my neurologist. who's a friend of mine. I went to school with and uh, he said, man, you broke your C seven and C six, I think is what it was in your neck. He goes, never in my career have I said this, but you do not need surgery. If you don't fuck up for the next three months and do some wild shit, get in a car accident or something like that, where your neck jerks, you're, you're going to be fine. He said, the fact that you've worked out for 20 years or so of your life religiously, your muscles and bones were prepared for that kind of impact. Had this been somebody that didn't work out, they would totally be paralyzed from the fucking neck down. Like, you think that it was at that moment, it was like, man, thank God. That, thank God for pain. Thank God for knowing on the struggle to greatness it was going to be painful and the pain in the gym and the pain of breaking my neck. But within three months, I was back doing pull-ups. Within four months, I was back running again. Within five months, I'm back doing squats with a fucking bar on my back. And to, shit, yesterday I squat 315 pounds. You know, I could do 30 pull-ups unbroken. I, you know, my neck's a little stiff from time to time, but I'm in the greatest shape of my life. And those fuckers said I wasn't going to walk again. You know, like that's, that's, that's that mindset. But the biggest piece is like, I worked out all those years, not because I'm like one day in 2019, I'm going to break my fucking neck and I'm going to need this. I worked out because it was the right thing to do. It was the painful thing to do to chase greatness. And it fucking paid off in a big way, unexpectedly 20 years down the road. Yeah, dude, that's a, such a powerful story. Like, Crazy part of that. Two days before I go on this hunting trip, ordered my very first brand new exotic car. Right, I've had a couple exotic cars prior to this. But this is my first brand new one, a McLaren 2019 electric blue McLaren fucking 720 badass fucking car. Break my neck, it gets delivered to my house. My wife's got to drive it to keep it from fucking dying, right? Because I can't drive the damn thing for fucking, first of all, fucking McLaren jerk your neck and shit, you know? And, and, and so I, I get this car. And on the way, I bought it, and it's on the way. So I hadn't even seen it until, like, you know, a week after I get out of the hospital. And I sent a message, though, telling, dude, perfect. Hey, I got this Lamborghini, this McLaren, blah, blah, blah. If you guys want to put our cars in your videos, you know, my kids are big fans. We'd love to do that. 
three days after the car shows up, I can't drive it. I got a fucking neck brace on. I look beat to hell and shit. Dude, perfect's like, we'd love to come get your cars and put them in our video. It's like, I'm stuffing my kids in the cars with Dude Perfect to go do their videos and shit. Like, I, the guys from Dude Perfect drove my car before I fucking got an opportunity to drive it myself. And if there was someone that was going to drive it, right? Those are cool guys. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, dude, I know a lot of people can get a ton of free value just from the GCO Challenge, following you on Facebook, Instagram. I mean, you really pour out a ton of free game. But talk to us about the the paid game. Talk to us about the community that you've built, Apex, and uh, really who's it for and what it's about. Well, you know, um, in the in the pursuit of greatness or the pursuit of success, uh, oftentimes the people you think will cheer you on become your biggest critics. And uh, I've been a victim to that. You have as well. Everybody in this room has. And I, I wanted to create a network where you could get away from the, the norm, the people who critique you on the way up and get around people that have been through that or on that path with you and cheer you on and make you get there and help you get there faster. So our Apex program, like you said, I give a ton of free game out and, and I give even more uh, detailed personalized stuff to the folks in apex but you know it's not so much about me or my teachings or at least i like to pretend that it's not it's more about the people like you you know and and zach being a part of it and and uh, the i mean you know we've got members that have billions of dollars in assets under management we've got lots and i mean a handful of people that have 10 and 11 figure businesses and assets under management. And then we've got a guy that's making 60 grand a year. That's, you know, it's his first year selling cars that wants to be better at marketing so he can get leads. And we've got different levels in the program, but really what it is, is it's a place where you can go and surround yourself with winners. And like I said earlier, you know, it's my job to represent what winning looks like at all times. When people put on our apex t-shirts or people sign the contract to become a part of our network it's like the nfl it's like the nba like you're signing a contract that says you're leaving the old you behind and you're representing what winning looks like at all times and and you know what winning looks like you fucking know winning don't look like disheveled hair and warm-ups walking through the fucking airport at 5 a.m with your breath stinking you know uh winning doesn't look like fucking stuffing dollars down strippers asses at 1 a.m in fucking vegas while you're doing blow and shit like that like winning looks like motherfuckers that are getting up getting it in and getting everything that life has to fucking get for them, right? And that's what Apex is about. And when you get around the right people, the right place, the right time, the right things happen. And so, you know, you could be out there trying to win in life and you're like, man, I don't know why I can't get ahead. It was because you keep hanging out with fucking Brad from up the fucking road who ain't never done shit in his life. You need to get around the Daniels. You need to get around the fucking Jeffs. You need to get around the Sammies and those guys that are doing fucking eight, nine, ten fucking figures a year of business and see what the fuck they're doing and what they're talking about. And I assure you, they're not at the fucking strip clubs they're not fucking doing drugs they're not out getting fucking hammered on alcohol but they're fucking showing up for their families they're showing you just said it was one of the things that you you barely talk business out of your mouth and you mentioned your family you know what i mean and i know how you are with your daughter too like those are the things that that get you bigger dopamine and bigger fucking rushes than any fucking of that illicit fucking shit. And I'm not here to say, like, clearly I cuss. I've been to fucking jail. I've done all the drugs you can do, all this shit. I'm telling you from experience, this side of life is fucking better. And I'm just here to try to really help as many people as possible be a part of that. But it's a paid game. If if you don't pay for that, A, you know, I don't make money from that. That's not how I pay my salary or myself. Uh, we, we, we give to the, you've been there for years. You can see that the money's getting well back invested into the program and the facilities and stuff like that. Uh, I'm a member. I've just got the biggest 
price to be a member every year, you know, and, and we have some of the most famous people you could think of from, we had pastor Keith craft a couple of weeks ago. We had genuine perform. We had guys like Dan Fleischman, Ed Milet, Eric Thomas, uh, David Goggins. We have like the best you can think of come and, and talk to our people too. So if you want to know more about that, uh, you can go to jointheapex.com. Uh, there's three levels there. You can read about the levels. You have to apply for two of the levels. Join the entry level. Anybody can get in there. Uh, but it's jointheapex.com if you are interested. Appreciate you letting me plug my shit, man. Yeah, for sure. We'll put that in the plug. How long have you been a member? Dude, since 2018. That's a long time. Think like most communities, networks like this, um, people are in them for 90 days and you you know because you've been around there's a lot of people been with us for a long time i flew here with adam Lyons. he's been a member for eight and a half years i've known him longer than my wife crazy man yeah, yeah i mean like every year i could buy a nice car yep but instead i invest it into my education my personal development because i just know i'm gonna get it back tenfold yep. can't tax it can't take it away from you nah man and dude i love the what representing what winning looks like like no shit bro when i'm going on these because i'm going on these big runs now and like sometimes when i'm hitting walls bro i'm like mile 30 mile 40 i'm like that's in the back of your mind oh dude. no shit yeah. bro i'm like i can't fucking stop yeah. like i'm a winner i, I, I gotta go win a hundred percent you know so I, i'm i think it's just divine intervention how you want to call it. like i'm running 50 miles tonight i know that and then today you know i'm interviewing you for the podcast so i'm like bro this is just great time i'm gonna be in your mind tonight oh, like, what yeah. would Stuman do <laughs> run harder motherfucker fuck your excuses <laughs> that's right 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 so uh guys there's all the the show notes all of Stuman's links um I'm always going to be a resource for you guys too. Um, I don't make money off of commissions or affiliates. You guys could always just DM me, ask me about my experience. There's a reason why I've been in the group since 2018 and why I don't plan on leaving because it's just a, a, a family. I can and you were hesitant in the beginning too. It wasn't like you were like, hey, just take my money. I'm in. Like, oh, yeah, you, you were, man. Like you know? Everybody has the right to be skeptical. And, you know, like one thing we do just two weeks ago, we had the the final uh, apex executives meet up for the year. And we always have you guys bring business partners and wives so that, you know, they're and what happens is they, the business partners and wives go, you know, I was real skeptical and thought you were in some weird shit, but Holy fuck. That was absolutely no wonder you go to Dallas so often. Yeah, you know what I mean? It yeah. changes that too. So yeah, 100%. So guys, uh, check out Stuman's links in the show notes. Where is a good place for people to follow you? Uh, Instagram. So, um, Instagram and Facebook are the two places where it's really me. Uh, the blue check, it's real Ryan Stuman on Facebook and it's uh, at hardcore closer on Instagram. Both of them blue check. I will never DM you. I don't sell crypto or NFTs. So if you ever get spam, because when you follow a big account like mine, sometimes that happens. I will never ask you for shit. I never. And if it don't have a blue check, don't hit me up and say, Hey, is this your backup account? I ain't got a backup account. If it ain't got a blue check next to it, it ain't me. It ain't me on YouTube. It ain't me on TikTok. everywhere is a blue check so but uh instagram and facebook are the still the two platforms that i personally control so you can send me a dm there uh follow me share my shit all that good stuff yeah guys share this episode uh, there's someone in your family someone that you know that can hear about the g-code steuman's message so this is how we can grow the show we appreciate you guys giving us love over the last year and a half so we can get people like steuman on the show steuman thanks for your time brother i really yeah, appreciate you yeah, good luck tonight. Go yeah. kill it. Go represent winning. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, buddy. All right, winners. We'll catch you guys next week. All right, rise above, y'all.